Welcome to Coaching with Jamie, your dose of coaching from a leadership view. Whether you are a teacher leader, a district leader, technology coach, instructional coach, or building leader, this podcast is for you. With a background in instructional technology and media, as well as educational leadership, I will use my middle ground instructional coaching role to open conversations around practices that we do face daily in education. So if you find something valuable here, like, share, and subscribe to continue the conversation. And here we are today in episode five, where I am really excited to be talking about the first 30 days. That's right, the first 30 days of coaching, leading, but we truly know that those two things aren't very far apart. So I'm here to walk you through what I believe is a fully functional first 30 days that can be implemented if you really uh, sit back and learn to adapt in any environment, whether that's an elementary or a secondary environment, a public or a private, maybe a K-12. Maybe your environment is a district-based environment uh, or a school-based environment, whatever it is. I believe that you truly can look at this and adapt it in some way that will make you really see some impact in the first 30 days. So I'm going to start off this podcast by just telling you that there is no one size fits all. There is no coaching book that's going to give you the step one, step two, step three, and you're going to be a highly successful, wonderful coach. Every environment you coach in is different. Every staff you coach is different. Everything about this role has to be adaptive. Yes, there has to be some underlying expectations, and yes, there has to be some underlying visions. Of course, that's why there's so many books out there and so many podcasts and so many um, people sharing their, their work. Of course, there has to be something underlying to make sure that we are truly driving a successful vision. But nothing I ever say or anyone else ever says is going to be a one-size-fits-all approach that if you just plug and play, it will work. Because I'm coming from my own experience. I'm coming from experience as a a district-level coach slash consultant, and then now a school-based coach in middle school. And I will tell you that there is no no one-size. So you take what you can, you look around at who you are coaching, and you, you take it and adapt it from there. So as I work through this, know that my ultimate goal is to give you some foundational pieces for you to then say, now what do I do with this? So let's start with week one. Week one is the the week that is the the craziest for all coaches. And here's why. You aren't going to do any coaching. And that sounds crazy because in most roles, uh, at the end of the day, your first week on the job, you're doing the job. You're doing the, the key component of your title, but not in coaching. That first week, there's no coaching to necessarily truly be done. Yes, you might be performing some professional learning pieces. You might be leading some teams. You might be getting started. There's those flickers of coaching that might be there. But in the reality, guess what week one is? Support, support, support. What do you teachers need? What do they what do they need to get started? What do students need? Operationally, what needs to take place in order for students and teachers to be successful? 
keeping in mind what coaching is, the idea is that we are here to make sure that great teaching and learning happens. It can happen if teachers don't have what they need. And yes, that might be getting programs running. Yes, that might be running errands. Uh, yes, that might be doing um, some plugging in of some things or troubleshooting something for teachers. It might be uh, running all over the school trying to get um, resources for teachers so that they're ready. It's not going to feel like coaching. It's, it's definitely going to feel very different than what the job description may read. But it's important. It's important because everything you do in that first week to support tells the teachers you're invested. Now, I do know that this comes um, up a lot when I talk about coaching. And there's a difference between if you're an introvert and an extrovert. Uh, extroverts, like me, we jump in. We go down the halls and say, what do you need? How can I help? It just comes natural. We have that extroverted personality that just lends ourselves to communicating and connecting and being in the mix. But I've had coaches say to me, but I'm an introvert. And those steps are hard. So I very much believe that it's crucial that we think about this from multiple perspectives. As in, we think about this in a way that says, I can still connect. I just might do it differently. Uh, maybe it's connecting with a few teachers that you can support and help if uh, you're not feeling very extroverted or um, you're not feeling terribly comfortable in your role yet. Um, word of mouth by teachers is a big way to become a coach. If you've helped a few really key teachers in your building and they see great impact in what you've done, you are going to find they're going to tell three other teachers. And this is a simple way that if you're not extroverted, uh, that you can still jump in there and get moving. You can still make waves. I understand that, that we all have some different personalities and I know that not everyone like me is running down the hall yelling, how can I help? What can I do? What do you need? I know that's not everyone. And so I do Think that if you're someone who doesn't naturally find that to be easy, that there are absolutely ways. Um, get out, walk down the hallways. Maybe you won't have conversations. Maybe it's a simple smile. Maybe it's a, ooh, what a cute skirt. Maybe uh, it's a compliment of a bulletin board. Maybe it's just simple things that allow you to get out and connect and then move to the support. So maybe week one is just getting comfortable in your shoes getting comfortable in your role, getting comfortable in your school. And maybe you're not fully prepared to jump in and support wholeheartedly. Maybe it's just a little bit of support you give. Either way, if you're getting out there and you're making an effort to get out of your office, get out of your space, get out of your meeting room and do something impactful for the overall organizational structure of the school and their operations, you've got a successful week one under your belt. So let's then jump into week two. You, you've got week one under control. That's when teachers are really spending their time getting practices and procedures. And here's how this is going to work. In our case, the syllabus and secondary. There's a lot of, of, of just nuts and bolts that are taking place in week one. But week two, we start to move into an instructional piece, right? We start talking about instructional screeners so we can figure out, especially post-pandemic, where are our students? Where are those data points. 
And so we are taking those opportunities in that second week to start thinking about those screeners and when that window opens. We get that in the back of our mind as coaches, but we don't jump on that quite yet. We go for something a little simpler. We go for a simple, hey, don't forget I'm here. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you see the week two email that I sent out. I shared that in the post and um, it was simple and it said, hey, this week, if you need help with, and then I just listed a bunch of stuff. Like I listed, you need help handing stuff out. You want to run a small group and you need an extra set of help. You're doing something cool and you just want to show me. Um, I listed like 10 things that, hey, if this is happening this week, invite me in. Um, I will come and help. And I had some people take me up on that. In fact, way more than I did last year. So I know it works. It's not going to get you in every classroom in the building, but it's going to get you moving and busy. So jump in and get ready to roll. You might suggest that um, you can do something like hand papers out. No, that's not coaching. But it says to that teacher, I'm here to partner with you. That's what that says. Um, you could help facilitate something. Maybe it's a, a large uh, activity. And I did just that with one of our teachers. He had created an amazing activity that was all hands on deck. And I was super happy to go in and be one extra set of hands running a group and and watching really cool instruction happen. So facilitate alongside them. Uh, you don't have to be in the lead or you didn't have to control it or you didn't have to develop it. You just have to be there to help facilitate it. Co-teach. Get in there and get beside a teacher and, and get your ebb and flow working and just teach alongside them that week. Help them plan. Help them look at the instruction that needs to happen, the standards that they need to teach. Uh, work with them on those sorts of things. Um, look at early data. Was there uh, something they gave them the first week that they can now go through and look at and, and start to develop some thought process about what do I know about my students and what do I need to do? Um, do they know how to get into the screeners? Do they know when the screeners open? Do they know what to do? Do they know how to um, get students into the screeners? Really important stuff. Um, do you need somebody to bounce an idea off of? And this happened. I had a teacher that said, okay, this one class, this one period, I'm finding there's just some kids in there that their, their, you know, interactions are challenging. I'm trying to figure out how to, how to get that working. And I said, well, can I come in? You know, can I just pop in for a little while? And I did, I went in and it was a lot of what I knew. Um, I knew, generic things going in. I wanted to see them with my own eyes, but I could give her, you know, this is a reason why this is a reason why, and this is a reason why these are some, some needs and the needs assessment is this. Um, so what about if you did? And, um, she jumped in with that and, and it was easy, super simple success. It wasn't a coaching cycle. It was just a simple, I see something that's not clicking. Can you come in and look at it with me? And let's determine together if there's something simple I could do. It was super easy and came from that email that I sent out. Um, maybe you just say, um, you know, come to my office. Let's chat if you'd like. Or can I come to your room? Um, some people like the the come to your office space. They like feeling that that camaraderie sitting around uh talking and I have some super comfy chairs. So they like that. But I do offer the, do you want to come to me or do you want me to come to you? That's always something that I 
I offer to do. And I, I like to also say, you know, is there just something that you want me to sit with you on and look at you, look at something with you? That is sometimes just giving it a second set of eyes on something as important to a teacher as anything else. They just want someone else to look at something and say, am I seeing this right? And, and you're there to either confirm yes or, or to question and to help them talk through some things. So, um, you know, it's really about just that week, supporting, supporting, supporting. Trickling over into week three. Now we're rolling. The year's finally starting to feel like a school year. Instruction is finally happening. Likely we've already given those screeners and we now are starting to get some data rolling in. Now is that time where you say, hey, um, what help do you need with these screeners? Maybe it's, hey, I've got six kids I can't get tested. Can you help me with that? And I always offer to help. Um, if there's six kids that missed that screening period and you need that data and you can't find a time to, to plug in to, for those six kids, absolutely, I'll help. Um, we need the data. And if I can be a support in that, absolutely. Um, let's look at the data and, and talk about what we're going to do with it. And um, if you're lucky enough to have someone on your campus that looks at data, we are, we have a um, MTSS intervention, interventionist on our campus. But if you're not lucky enough to have that person, you do need to be very uh, involved in that data to be looking at what data is coming in. What does it say? And even though I have said person on my campus who does a wonderful job, um, that person's looking at tier two and tier three data. Um, I want to be looking at that tier one data. And I want those teachers to know that I'm as invested in the data as anyone else. So maybe this time of the year, we start talking about groups. Are they groups that are designed to be fluid? Are they groups that are designed to be a little more stable based on needs? Why do we make said groups? Why do we adapt said groups? Let's talk about desirable actions. By week three, the honeymoon's over which means our students are very, very comfortable. And all of a sudden we start to see some of those things that we didn't see in week one or week two. And now we're seeing that there's some things we want to change. Well, let's get to the bottom. Let's see what we can do and get those desirable actions in place. Because yes, behavior is important if teaching is going to happen. Uh, let's maybe talk about resources. Do you find that you need something that you don't have? Um, are you trying to make something happen and you're trying to find a way to do it? Can I help you with those resources? Can I help you locate those? Can I help you make those? Um, sometimes I offer. I found this neat infographic. Would you like me to print it and laminate it for you? It is a great resource. I'll offer those things in week three because it is a time when I'm able to be able to partner with them in moving forward with good quality instructional practices. Then week four happens. My week four is a little crazy. I'll share that with you in a minute. But week four really is about when you can start to think about coaching. Now, let me caution you on this when I say coaching. I feel like when we hear the word coaching, we automatically go to coaching cycles and the belief that we should be automatically jumping into classrooms with firm schedules of 
teaching and learning and talking about the teaching and learning and deciding what needs to happen next. And, and then we feel like we have to be there. And if we're, we're not in what we believe the book version of coaching is by week four, we start to get a little panicky. I want to caution you that this is not a reality. If you are lucky enough to get there on week four, that's wonderful. That is phenomenal. Celebrate. Woo! Joy. <laughs> if you're not there on week four, that's okay. That's okay. Say it with me. That's okay. Because at this point, you have to avoid rushing. You have to avoid jumping into classrooms and doing it wrong. Remember, you have to be intentional with coaching. You have to build on those prior weeks. You have to go down the hallway and say, wow, I love uh, what's on this bulletin board. What was that activity that you did? Open that door that way. Get in that room that way. Um, or, you know, I saw you post something on Facebook or Instagram, or I saw that you shared with your team this really neat activity. Tell me a little bit about that. What did you do? And so week four, maybe it's getting in the door with questions, getting in the door with I would love to see you do that. That I walked by the other day and I was amazed at what was happening in your room. Can you can can I come see that? Um, I have a teacher that posted a spaghetti activity on Twitter, and my first thing was, uh, "Next time you play with spaghetti, I want to be invited." And it's just simple things that you may not think are are going to lead anywhere, but they do in time. That's why you got to be carefully intentional, and you have to be patient. You are not going to magically be invited into every classroom in the school because you are a great, smart coach. That is not what's going to happen. So celebrate if you get that book version of what coaching is. Uh, but celebrate even if you don't. Celebrate that you're at week four and you're making progress and celebrate every little win along the way. Now, I'll tell you, my week four got a little crazy uh, because I uh, walked out of week four with COVID. Um, I was vaccinated, so I felt very comfortable with, um, with things as they were. I was wearing a mask. I was distancing. I will tell you that I was very, very, very careful. I would go into a classroom. I would help that teacher. I would get up close to help the teacher, and then I would get far away. I would spend the rest of the time talking to that teacher at a distance if I didn't need to be right on top of that teacher to help them. I paid careful attention to when I was in one room working with a teacher, I would go back to my office. I would clean my iPad and my walkie-talkie and my phone with an antibacterial wipe. I would clean my hands with hand sanitizer before I would go to the next classroom. And I did this for weeks on end. And I was feeling very comfortable with what I was doing to keep myself COVID-free. You probably noticed my voice in this podcast is different, and that's because I am at um, day, I think, eight of uh, post-COVID. I'm not 100% at this point. I'm, I'm working at about 85% at this point, but my week four got derailed, and I wholeheartedly just panicked because we had tons of needs and in our school, we had been moved to hybrid and I was 
working as hard as I could to support everybody. Um, I felt I was band-aiding problems because the needs were so great. And so I ran to my office and I started recording videos because it was the only way I knew to help a whole school without putting band-aids everywhere. And, um, and when I got COVID, I really went, uh-oh, um, what are they going to do without me? But I'm going to tell you the lesson from that. And the lesson is this. If you have done your job well as a coach, um, a really good job, if you haven't done everything for your teachers, if you haven't had to be um, in the middle of it all, if you were just kind of the partner, if you were on the side, if you were just leading them to do it on their own, if you were doing those things, well, the reality is when you're gone, it will keep happening. Whether you're a coach, whether you're a school leader, if you're truly leading people, to do the work and you're partnering them with them on their own success, when you walk away, it will still carry on without you. And so I've watched this week as the staff has been resilient and uh, they have been on their own. I've uh, answered some emails. I've helped where I could when I was out of bed and able to do it. But I know that I'm doing what's right. Because if I walk away, they can keep going. And that's what a coach and a leader should be. Someone who lays the foundation, walks hand in hand, and then when they let go of hands, everything keeps moving forward. And so uh, COVID has taught me a lot this week. Uh, It's taught me that uh, it doesn't matter how vaccinated you are or how careful you are. uh, If you are out amongst people, you can still get COVID. It's taught me that uh, if you just um, trust in people, things will work out as planned. It's taught me that you think you think you're resting, but you're probably not really resting. And if you don't rest, it will catch up with you. It's taught me that there has to be some better practice. Uh, than I was currently doing in school, which was running around uh, like I had um, lost my stuffed prized stuffed animal. Uh, I was I was coming home every day with 21 to 25 minutes of exercise on my Apple Watch from all I had, had done in a day for a straight week. And I was exhausted. Likely why I ended up here. But I will tell you that I learned that if you do what you're supposed to do and you help uh, your folks, you will inevitably build what has to be built for them. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is this. Um, I'm just going to caution you. I know you want to get going with coaching and I know you want to be in those classrooms and I know you want to do good stuff and I know you're anxious. But if you do not take the time to build the relationships first, and you barge into those rooms ready to coach, you're going to be seen as an evaluator, not as a coach. So you've got to respect that give and take. You've got to be patient and you've got to wait for it. That is how you will be successful. So that's it. The first 30 days, they may go swimmingly. They may be a train wreck. Either way, you stick with it. You fight for it. 
you keep going and you know when to rest. I would love to keep this conversation going. So make sure that you do stay connected on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me in both places at Coaching with JV. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to get notified when there are new episodes. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And don't forget that if you uh, want to continue the conversation, you can do so on any of those social media platforms. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this wonderful day with me. And I wish you all a wonderful year of coaching. Bye.